Hey guys, it's Megan just popping on the mic before we get into this week's episode. So a few things. Number one, I launched a buy me a coffee link. So that's a great way to support the podcast. Simply go to the link, which is in the show notes, and you can buy me a coffee, which helps me stay energized to put this content together. This is my side project slash passion project. I do work a nine to five. So I will drink all of the coffee. So again, that link is in the show notes. I did want to also mention I am fundraising for the Alzheimer's Association. In 2019, I lost my grams to the disease. And ever since then, I have been very passionate about helping raise awareness as well as funds. I know times are tough right now, but even if you can donate a dollar, five dollars, I really appreciate it. Um, Alzheimer's doesn't care how the economy looks. Unfortunately, it's it's still going to occur. So any donation can help. You can find the link to donate in the show notes, as well as if you can't donate, I understand. Feel free to share the link with friends, family. Again, I really appreciate all of your support. I've had so many people be so supportive over the years. And um, thank you from the bottom of my heart. I really do appreciate that. If you're interested in being on the podcast, I would love to have you on the website. We have a website, we as in me, it's cupofcorb.com. There's a submission area where to share your story. You can simply fill out that form and then I will look it over. And if it's something that I think would be good to talk about, or if you're comfortable sharing, would love to have you on. Of course, if you're not ready to share your mental health journey, totally fine, but that option is open to you and I would love to have you on to talk because everyone's affected by mental health. We all have brains, right? <laughs> and one last thing before we get into the thing that relates to this episode, if you're not following us on Instagram, I don't know what you're doing, so please follow Cup of Corb on Instagram. It's literally just Cup of Corb, all one word on Instagram. Appreciate that. So today's episode, we're going to be talking about gaslighting. So I wanted to provide a clear definition of what gaslighting is. And this definition comes from the Newport Institute. Gaslighting is a form of psychological manipulation in which the abuser attempts to sow self-doubt and confusion in their victim's mind. Typically, gaslighters are seeking to gain power and control over the other person by distorting reality and forcing them to question their own judgment and intuition. The term gaslighting comes from the 1938 play Angel Street, which Alfred Hitchcock later adapted into the film Gaslight, in which a man tries to convince his wife that she is going insane so he can steal from her. When he turns on the lights in the attic to search for her jewelry collection and the gaslight dims downstairs, he tells her it's all in her imagination. Gradually, she begins to question her own memories and perceptions. So again, we're gonna be talking about gaslighting today. And one of my good friends was willing to share her story with us. And I'm happy that she shared her story because I think this term is becoming more and more prevalent in our society, or at least it's more identifiable at this point in time. And we have a lot of resources that will allow us to understand what it really means. And if you are being gaslit, it's definitely 
helpful to hear someone else's experience. If you think you might be being gaslit, it definitely helps to hear another perspective as well as how to get out of said situation. Um, Rachel provides some great tips on what to do if you're in that situation and how to recover from it afterwards. But I'm gonna stop talking. I'm gonna get Rachel on here and she's gonna share her story. Again, please listen with both ears open, an open heart and an open mind. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. All right, so welcome to another episode of Cup of Corb. Today I have one of my best friends, Rachel Samansky here. And Rachel and I are retail therapy friends. We find ourselves going to Home Goods whenever we see each other. And Rachel, I live vicariously through her because she is still out on the dating scene, whereas I am not. So Rachel's had some experiences with some guys that have been less than fantastic. So we're going to talk about that. Borderline, like borderline elite. (laughs) Right. Like there's some shady shit that has gone down. And specifically, Rachel is an expert in knowing about gaslighting, (laughs) unfortunately. So Rachel, just, I don't even know where you want to start. Just whatever comes to your mind, go for it, my dear. I don't even know. I mean, gaslighting, like what is gaslighting in the first place? I feel like people don't even know what it is, but it's like, it is literally taking a situation and putting it on somebody else and basically putting the blame on that somebody else. And like, or it could just be making them look fucking crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that is like, one of the cruelest things that you can do to somebody is just gaslight them. And, you know, I have dealt with it in relationships. I've dealt with it with friends. And regardless, it's like, once it happens to you and you recognize it, um, you can kind of recognize it anywhere else. And like, you can recognize it in other situations. Like, even if you're like a third party or whatever, like if you're watching a couple fight and you see gaslighting or like it, it automatically like kind of like like you just know it um it's really it's really insane and I think I think when I first realized that I was getting gaslit was last year when I was seeing this guy and it was just like I mean you couldn't like I, I remember one time I said something and he flipped it and turned it around on me and started yelling at me. And then all of a sudden I'm apologizing mm-hmm. for what? <laughs> Cause I repeated <laughs> something that you said. Um, and then, you know, more recently I've been dealing with a lot of like, um, not a lot, let's not put it that way, but like, you know, I've dealt with like friends where they're like, well, you did this. And I'm like, were you present in our in this situation? Like, were you actually there? Because that's just not what happened. Mm-hmm. And I feel like gaslighting is such an easy way out for people to literally take the blame off of themselves and not be held accountable and put it on somebody else. Right. When someone that hasn't done anything wrong whatsoever. Yeah. Or, I mean, even if they did do something wrong, like blowing it out of proportion, like I was watching this TikTok and it doesn't always have to be like something happened. Like I was watching this TikTok today and it was talk- this girl talking about how 
her boyfriend sent winky faces to this other girl and she asked him and she said why did you send winky faces to this girl and the guy deleted the winky faces like you know how you can delete individual messages or whatever Mm -hmm. yeah yeah he deleted the winky faces and he's like what are you talking about oh my god what like that's crazy that's crazy I I can't imagine doing that to someone I don't even know how to put that into words like you know what I mean like how can someone think that that's like a way to live your life I think it's just I think it's just I mean it I mean listen like we could do like a whole psychology like dig right here but I think it just goes back to like them not being able to take accountability for something and being insecure and I really think that's what it is and I really think that's what it comes down to because if you look at people who gaslight others, the common theme that they have is insecurity and not being able to take accountability. You'll notice people who gaslight will never, ever apologize, ever. So during that time, that specific instance with that individual, like mentally, like what were you feeling? Like, so yeah, like you feel so and Meg, I think you can testify to this as well because you watched me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I was literally going insane. Like you feel so fucking crazy. It's like not even a joke. You literally feel insane. You are like, wait, did I do that? Oh my god, what's wrong with me? What's wrong? And then so it kind of morphs into like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And then you know they hold it against you, and then you're like, wait, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that. And then it starts to do the self doubt, and then it you honestly it spirals into you becoming insecure and you're just like, it's, it is, it's a, it's a manipulation tactic. That's honestly what it comes down to. Yeah, absolutely. And it definitely for you during that period, it felt like there was a lot of change going on. Like, and you're a very confident person, like Jersey girl, you know, <laughs> like, you know what you, I feel like you're the type of person, you know what you want, you go for it and you don't ask questions. And during that time, I felt like there was just so much like self-doubt Yeah, and, you know, just like for what, like for this person that to have such an impact on you and then them be just an actual piece of shit, like. Well, and you know, like a huge part of it was like, you know, I was being gaslit. I was being manipulated. I was being told one thing and showed another thing. And that that can really affect a person and like, you know, their psyche and everything and their self-confidence and all that stuff. Because at the end of the day, when you're insecure and somebody beats you down so much to become, to become so insecure that all you do is you just crave their approval. And if they're constantly gaslighting you and telling you you're wrong, you're not good enough, you're this, you're that, it's, it's a snowball. It just spirals. And then you're just like, you're questioning everything in your life, the clothes you wear, you question the makeup you question your hair you question your body you question your career you question everything and I know that sounds very bizarre but it gets to that point so you know if it gets that point to where you are so insecure that you're questioning your career because you're looking for the approval of another person that's 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 when you know you know what I mean I mean it really like I said in the beginning like gaslighting is one of the cruelest things that you can do to somebody it is manipulation and it's just another way to take the insecurity off of you to make you feel like a bigger person and to make someone else feel insecure. And it's, it's just, it's just cruel. That's just the only yeah. way I can explain it. So what are some 
you know, things that you look out for now in regards to like, you've had that experience and like, what things do you think people should be looking out for, for a potential person that's gaslighting them? Mm. Ooh, that's a really good question. So I think because I was really gaslit specifically by a man, I, a huge thing that's common with gaslighting, you know, like I said, is insecurity but it's also lies. So if he is doing these little itty bitty lies and you're catching him, that's eventually going to lead to gaslighting because mm-hmm. you're eventually going to catch him in something. And he's going to be like, no, that's not what happened. You did this. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I think if you're starting to notice inconsistencies, that is like a huge red flag. I mean, that's just a red flag in general, but in mm-hmm. regards to gaslighting as well, for sure. I think from a friend perspective, when a friend can't apologize to you, mm-hmm. um, I think that's a huge warning sign. I mean, I have had instances with people who I was friends with and, you know, I think, Meg, I think you can testify to this. I'm a pretty self-aware person. I kind of know when I'm being an asshole, you know what I mean? And I'm like, all right, you know, I'm sorry, whatever. Mm -hmm. And if somebody comes to me and they say, you know, listen, that hurt my feelings. I have no problem apologizing because you know what? I did hurt their feelings and you know what? They, they are owed an apology, you know, Mm -hmm. um, in some sort of way, but think when it becomes more action-based rather than feeling-based so if somebody said you did this and you're like no I fucking didn't you know what I mean like genuinely you're like no I didn't and I think also part of that is like you have to take a deep dive into yourself you know what I mean people who cannot be gaslit are very confident people and they're not very insecure and they really don't give a fuck and I think that another you know this is going off topic a little bit but mm-hmm. when a friend is gaslighting you, it's because they know they can try and get away with it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They know that you'll take the blame for the situation when it's, that's not true, you know? So, right. but then at that point you have to look at yourself and like, I'm not saying like, it's your fault for being gaslit, but you do have to take a look at yourself and say, okay, how do I prevent? I mean, it's like getting like a flu shot. You get a flu shot and you don't <laughs> get the flu. Yeah. I mean, it's the right. same idea. You know what I mean? Like you have to take a gas lighting shot and <laughs> gaslit. So you do have to look internally as well though. That's a huge thing. Um, and you have to look inside yourself. You have to look at your insecurities. You have to look at um, your confidence. You have to look at where your weaknesses are. And I think, um, you know, my weaknesses with men were words. So mm-hmm. if a man told me, he wasn't going to hurt me. I took that verbatim. And I, and this is true. He did tell me, I'm not going to ever hurt you. And, you know, yeah. it was a whole lie and a half, but mm-hmm. you have to look at your weaknesses and you have to look at words. So my weaknesses with men are words. I'm, I would believe that I don't, you know, really do this anymore, but I would believe I'd be like, okay. And when in reality, you have to look at reactions, you know, a lot of it is like a huge dose of reality. And I might be going off on a tangent right now. I'm like, rattling but (laughs) gaslighting isn't reality so when you're in touch with reality and like what actually happened it's very hard to gaslight you Mm -hmm. understandable so after everything really happened how did you I guess help recover yourself and kind of like look at yourself and be like okay this is not what I deserve like I guess the steps after that occurred um Well, 
my situation was different because there was other people, there was, you know, a secret girlfriend and this, this Mm -hmm. and that. Um, (laughs) So there became a point where I truly had, I had to, like, I like literally was going insane and there became a point where I just lost it. And I was like, I, I, I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think the biggest thing, so this is just like a manipulation thing in general, not just, I mean, gaslighting is part of manipulation, but that situation in general, like it wasn't just gaslighting. It was, you know, huge manipulation. It was really, you know, really rough. And I think that I always preach. And I think any one of my friends can say this whenever they have like a rough breakup or like, you know, a guy's treating them like shit or, you know, a friend's treating them like shit, go no contact. That is the number one thing that you can do to help yourself is to go no contact. So that is literally deleting their number, um, deleting them off social media, not speaking to them, not looking at their shit. And that's the, that's the hardest is not looking at their shit because you want to know what the fuck is up. You want to know what they're doing. You want to know. And like, I'm like a very like, uh, who, what, when, where, why person. I want to know the logistics behind it. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. I, if I don't know the logistics, I get like, well, well, what's the point of this? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, so I want to know why he did that. I want to know what made him do that. I want to know who did, you know what I mean? Like, I want to know everything in between it. So that's actually the hardest part. It's not actually taking them off social media. It's not go, it's going back and looking at their things. You know what I mean? Looking at their profile, seeing what they're up to. And I think that's the hardest thing you can do. Um, Okay. But it's also the most beneficial going no contact. I 110% like you need to do that. I think another thing though, is like being honest with yourself because when you're being manipulated and you're in that situation, you are not being honest with yourself. When you're being gaslit, you're not being honest with yourself. When you're being manipulated, you're not being honest with yourself because in your head, you, you know, what's right, but there's another part of you that's telling you that's not true because you want the situation to be better than what the reality of it is. You know, I mean, if you look at it, like, you know, we've all had those friends where they're like, Oh, but he's actually like really nice when he's not around other people. And you're like, no, he's not. You know what I mean? Like you change the narrative to fit it. So you're lying to yourself. You know what I mean? You're, you're Mm -hmm. changing the narrative to make it fit how you want to appear to be other people, how you actually want the reality of it to be. But that's just not, that's just not true. So another part of it, you know, is being honest with yourself and honestly reading, this is like so stereotypical, but reading self-help book, I found a self-help book, um, called whole again. Um, and actually I'll grab it right now. It really, it's called whole again, healing your heart and rediscovering your true self after toxic relationships and emotional abuse by Jackson McKenzie. Um, and he wrote another book called Psychopath Free, which I haven't read, but this book, um, really talks about, um, the symptoms of trauma and the symptoms of being manipulated. And actually it, because I'm a logical person, it gave me that, it gave me enough of that background of the who, what, when, where, why, how logistics of it you know why did he do this and it goes through there's like different um a lot of the times people don't realize that a lot of people are actually um 
they suffer from BPDs and everything. And it's not, you know, it's not, you know, like a, it's not always a hereditary thing. You know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. they suffer the trauma and they never heal themselves, which is why I'm saying how important it is to heal yourself. Right. So you don't develop and you don't become one of those people that hurt you. You know what I mean? Don't bleed onto others that didn't cut you. If that makes sense. Yep. Um, so I read this book, it's called whole again. It's really good, really insightful. Um, and it goes into different, like, you know, personality disorders or like you know cluster there's this one it's like cluster b relationship that just needs to see the new relationship fail the new ex's relationship fail so um perfectionist it goes and honestly like it's insightful for yourself you know what i mean mm-hmm. like you just learn a lot a lot about yourself while learning about the situation you went through while learning about the other person that you're not always going to get that answer to and i think there's like this overrated obsession with getting closure I you agree know, with that hundred percent. Sometimes right? you just, you just don't get the answer. Like there is no real answer. Like there is, but you're just not going to get it. No. Sometimes the silence is the closure. That that's powerful. Because you know? there's times where you're like, you know, if you, there's someone in your life that you kind of are, you know, not, <laughs> not being friends with anymore it's not like you're gonna text and be like hey I don't want to be your friend anymore <laughs> you know what I mean yeah. like I mean some people are bold enough to do that but like for me I think the distance thing and especially now not living back up north like living in North Carolina it's just one of those things where I'm like all right when I come home like these are the people I want to see mm-hmm. and yeah. that's it <laughs> no so I hear you and I think that it's just sometimes you're just not going to get closure and that's the closure. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I mean, they don't like, think about it in this way. If they don't have enough respect for you to say their issue and say their problem with you to your face, that means they don't respect you. So why would you even want to go back there? Why would you even want to revisit somebody who doesn't respect you? Mm-hmm. So, you know, my top, you know, no contact, self-help therapy you know read the self-help books and I think third is really start diving in to what you love and like what makes you happy and that's like so cliche and Meg you know me like I'm not cliche at all I hate Mm -hmm. that type of stuff but it is honestly the truth because that is what's going to get you back to who you are and get you back to your reality and get you back to being honest with yourself and being true to yourself you know Mm -hmm. I think last year it took me such a long time to figure out what truly made me happy and you you eventually figure it out you know through the healing process through the non-contact through the reading the self-help books like therapy journaling if and the other thing though is like I want to stress though is that healing isn't linear and that was something so hard for me to understand right Mm -hmm. I could not comprehend that to save my fucking life. Like I literally would be doing great three days in a row. And I'd be like, freaking just killing it at work, just working out, just doing my thing. You know what I mean? And just like being happy and all this stuff. And then one day it would, I would just be distraught and upset mm-hmm. and I'd be crying. And I, I didn't understand why, because three days ago I was fine. And why am I upset now? Why is, why can't I get over this? And it, I think you have to be 
while you have to be real and honest with yourself, you also have to be very patient with yourself. Yes. Oh, Bugs agrees. (laughs) I think you took all the right steps though into what you, you know, needed to do at that time because I think some people hold on to that and then it causes resentment and then there's like no positive outcome through it all. And then it's just like, you know, we jokingly will say, I feel like jokingly we were like, oh, we hate men, men suck. And like most of the time, yeah, they kind of do, but it's not like, you know, you're still going out on dates and it's not like you've shut that part of yourself out. Sorry, you didn't shut that part of yourself um, out from the world, if that makes sense. Like you're still like, okay, I'll give it a shot, like have fun, whatever. Um, And especially now this past year, you know, you moved out of your parents' house, which is such an awesome accomplishment because it's fucking hard to do that especially now with how fucking expensive everything is yeah no yeah I yeah it is Mm -hmm. I mean it's just like not scary but it's just Mm -hmm. like a different change in life you know what I mean Mm -hmm. you're like you're really taking care of your shit you know what I mean like you really are so yeah absolutely so moving out do you feel like because I know you know you lived at home and then you had your niece lived with you so that was and she's nine right 11 11 Jesus okay I've known <laughs> you for two years so the last time I think we brought her up she was nine <laughs> so me hasn't brought her up in two years right right <laughs> <laughs> um so I guess the change from being in in a somewhat I guess chaotic household to like your own space like how is that mentally changed you um I am you know a huge thing with my household is that I lived there through college I went to college you know I commuted Mm -hmm. I lived there in high school and like listen there's nothing wrong with living your parents house you know what I mean you save Mm -hmm. a shit ton of money yeah and you know you can get good food you know all that good stuff (laughs) you know but I think there came a turning point in my life especially after that incident where I just needed to do something big and to move on And not that my room reminded me of him, but it reminded me of the situation. I know this sounds sounds crazy, but hold tight with me. You know, I spent a lot of time in my room crying and contemplating and, and that's where the insecurity snowball was spiraling. You know what I mean? It was, that's where a lot of the emotions were being hid because I couldn't go to work and I, I didn't want to tell my parents and I you know what I mean I was hiding a lot of this to try to make it seem like it was okay when it wasn't in that room and I know that sounds very bizarre but it's true and I think that after that incident there was just a point where I'm like you know what I don't want to be reminded of this anymore I want to move on with my life and I think that moving out while it was like a solid six months later and I was you know pretty much over it by then I it helped you know I think and in general with my mental health I think it helped a lot um because you are taking care of your home 
And I think you can agree with this when it's your home, it's totally different than just your room or your bathroom. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. living in your parents' house, like this is your home. You live here. You want to take care of it. And I just honestly consider it part of my self-care routine, waking up, you know what I mean? And then just like caring for it. And I know this is like, I'm going a little off, but I think moving out helped me become more independent. And also it helped me care a lot more about myself because this is my home and it's like part of me. You know what I mean? Right. No, that makes a lot of sense. And you know, living in apartments as well. I just remember like my first apartment, I was like, even though like maintenance can come fix said thing, like I will try and fix it. Cause it's like your home and you want to take care of it. And like oh, when yeah. people come over, you're so excited because it's like, you don't have to be like, calm down. I'm having people over. Like you can just yeah. be like, Hey, come on over. Yeah, no, well, actually I had to go to Home Depot today. Cause I had to fix a hole in my wall, but um, that's besides <laughs> the point. But yeah, no. And it's, it's just a sense of freedom. It's a sense of, and you know what the other thing though is, is because when you're in a manipulated situation and you sorry, when you're in a manipulative situation and you're, you know, you are out of control in a sense, you know, you're not in control. So being able to move on and make a huge step and make a decision for yourself you're putting yourself back into control and it is such like a liberating, just such a great feeling going from, you know, being last year, being out of control, being manipulated, being insecure, self-doubting, like literally feeling like a lunatic and then going into a situation now where I'm calling the shots, you know, it, it helps for sure. Absolutely. So how do you practice self-care? Like what's your favorite thing to do self-care wise? Oh. Going to home good can count as an answer. <laughs> um, self-care. You know, I'm still developing my self-care to be quite honest with you. But I think a huge part of my self-care and what I can suggest to other people is just doing things that give you comfort so for example you and I we love to shop you know shopping gives us comfort um I love to watch tv so I love to um watch dance moms (laughs) Jersey Shore (laughs) and like all those early 2000 shows One Tree Hill Gilmore Girls you know Gilmore Mm -hmm. Girls is like my ultimate comfort show like ultimate like Mm -hmm. I always say every time something bad happens to me I start the Gilmore Girls series and by the time it ends it's over and I'm good Mm -hmm. again you know what I mean Mm -hmm. um so and then you know another thing is I I also think that you need to practice like balance you know what I mean like you know what's healthy for you no it's not sitting around on the couch all day might be nice but it's not healthy for you I also like to go to the gym a lot and I know that's like some people are like oh no I hate the gym and I used to hate the gym as well but when you use it as an outlet so you're stressed that should be an automatic like go to the gym you know what I mean so when you start using the gym as like an outlet to get your stress out that's when you start to become like to enjoy it you know what I mean start to become part of your routine um So I like going to the gym a lot, especially if I'm like stressed out and just listening to my body. I think that's a huge thing though, is listening to my body, listening to my emotions and my head. Um, 
And I think that's, that's a huge part of my self-care routine. It's just listening to my body and listening to my emotions and everything. If my body's tired, guess what? I need to sleep. You know what I mean? I am, listen, Meg, you know, I'm the biggest party girl. I love to go out. DJs is my shit, right? I love partying. I am a huge party girl. Everyone knows it. But this past weekend, I was down and out. And I literally was just like, I just need to sleep. I just need to rest. I just need to like lie here. You know what I mean? Um, So that's just a huge thing is just listening to your body and just being honestly being kind to yourself is the best form of self-care whether that's speaking nice to yourself um and that's another thing actually I have to add when you're being manipulated and you're being you know put into a situation where you feel insecure and out of control all the time you're going to have natural negative thoughts on top of the negative thoughts being or negative comments being told to you you know by another party so that's a huge thing is when you are healing and you are, you know, taking the self-care, you have to stop talking so fucking poorly to yourself. Because guess what? You're, you're not half as bad as you think you are. You know what I mean? And I think that's just your insecurity talking to you. And you have to combat that. You have to be like, no, like, I'm not this horrible person. You know what I mean? Um, <clears throat> So that's like another form of self-care is definitely talking positively to yourself. And it's hard. You know what I mean? I think we've all struggled with it. It is so hard to just sit there and be like, yeah, I'm a great person. I'm not as horrible as that little thought in the back of my head is saying, you know, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> because as a society, we're like conditioned, like almost in a sense to be like, oh my God, I fucking hate myself. Oh my God. I can't believe I did this. I'm so stupid. And like, it may seem harmless at the time. You know what I mean? But once you hit that block of going in and, and, you know, honestly, I'm not going to lie. I feel like everyone gets into some sort of manipulated situation, whether it's parents, whether it's a relationship, whether it's friends or something like that. I think that everyone gets put into a manipulative situation and honestly, this is going to sound horrible. I think it's just a rite of passage and Mm -hmm. you just have how people learn from it is how the rest of their life is going to go, you know? Um, and so if you are talking poorly to yourself, then you get into a manipulated situation. So now you're just naturally talking bad about yourself. Then your insecurities taking over. Now this other person's, I mean, it's just a spiral of just horrible talking to yourself. So, I think that a huge thing is learning to not speak so poorly to yourself. That's no, that, I agree with that hundred percent because it's like, if you're not speaking kindly to yourself, like what, you know, you don't expect anyone else to be kind. To right. you either. Yeah, abs- exactly. Exactly. If you're not doing nice things for yourself, how do you expect other people to do nice things for you? Exactly. I think another part of your self-care and, and, is definitely that you love to travel. Like, I feel like that's a big part of your self-care. Obviously you're not going places every weekend as in like trips, but I feel like that's a big part of your self-care. Oh, absolutely. I think, you know, I, yeah, absolutely. I think planning trips, I think even little excursions, like, you know, I like, I go to Salem every October, you know what I mean? Stuff like that is just, 
it just keeps you going. You know what I mean? It really is like the little things that keep you going. Right. Cause life isn't all about, and I feel like right now everyone's just like work, 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 but like there's more to it than just like make money. Like it's yeah. hard to say that now because of how expensive things are, but it's like, you got to enjoy the little things, you know, little weekend trips with your friends or, you know, going to the beach for some time. Like you really got to take that time because if not, yeah. like, what the fuck are we doing here? Absolutely. And also like, think about it. We're in our twenties. This is the best time to like do stuff like that. We don't exactly. have kids. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? We, I mean, yes, we have responsibilities, but like, we don't have, you know, these gigantic overlooming responsibilities like kids and, and, and school and this, this and that. We're not in college anymore. You know, we really have to worry about our bills and working, you know, and, you know, some other responsibilities, but this is the best time to do stuff like that. This is, you're never going to be this young again. So why not? And also why wait? Personally, I don't want to be like old and just start traveling. Like I don't want to be old and frankly, I want to be like young and like hot and like Paris, not old and gross in Paris. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, I understand that. You know Pretty what I mean? Smart. Like, I don't want to be like, I don't want to start living my life when I'm old. And I feel like a lot of people do that. Like, Oh, when I retire. Right. Okay. Second of all, I mean, first of all, 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 life is not promised. You could croak tomorrow. You know what I right. mean? Second of all, why do you want to wait? Like I get like having that, like I have, I'm not even going to lie. I'm the worst person ever. Maybe I shouldn't even talk. I don't even have a 401k and I really need to enroll in that. And I, that's something else. That's a personal thing, but I don't even think about retirement. Like to mm-hmm. me, when a 25 year old's talking about retirement to me, I'm like, you think about that? Like, right. <laughs> I'm like, I can't even think till like next month. I'm like, what? Like, right. <laughs> I'm like, retirement like it's just like something that like it's just I just am not concerned about and I know this sounds but I'll figure it out you know what I mean like it'll happen I just also believe that you just need to live in the now because like like I said life's and if you know listen I have dealt with like a lot of you know death and everything of people who were young so maybe it's because of that that I feel like you know just do it now you know what I mean if you want to do something, just do it. You know, right. who cares if it costs money? Guess what? Money always comes back. It does. Okay. Right. It's never going away. All right. So just, it'll come back. So pick up an extra shift or don't buy as much shit on Amazon. You'll be able to pay back your credit card. You know what I mean? So I just feel like I'm a huge, huge supporter of why wait, like do it now, you know? Absolutely. So before we wrap it up, so I know you have your own business. So how is that going? Oh, um, you know, it's good. So we are currently, you know, in, so I run a business called Rachel Taylor Communications LLC, and I do mostly social media management and creation for small to medium-sized businesses it's going pretty well right now. I'm actually working with another business called the video artists right now. And we're actually offering package deals to clients. Um, so essentially she creates the video and I know I go and help her and everything. And, and she gives me the videos and the content and then I go and post it and schedule it and, you know, do the maintenance of it. Right. Mm -hmm. So 
it's it's going pretty good. There's some developments. It's definitely going to pick up more in the fall. Right now, the summer is mm-hmm. always a slow time for business. So, okay. Well, yeah. wishing you obviously all the luck. And where can people find you on social? Oh, I have an Instagram. It is called Rachel Taylor Communications. Wait, let me just double check. Hold on. I really should know my own. Okay, yeah. It's good. It is called Rachel Taylor Communications. Um, it is my Instagram. I also do have a LinkedIn, but I definitely do check my Instagram way more. Um, so you can always contact me on there. Um, or you can also email me as well at rachelsamanskypr at gmail.com and we can talk. Um, I also do consulting as well. So if you don't want that full-blown management and you just want to talk to somebody about what they should be doing or what you should be doing, then that's also a service I offer as well. Thanks for coming on, Rachel. All right. Thanks, Love Meg. ya. Love bye. ya. Bye-bye. Thanks a latte for listening. Cup of Corb is created, edited, and produced by me, Megan Corb. If you like the podcast, be sure to subscribe to Cup of Corb on your preferred streaming site. And please leave a five-star review as this really helps spread the word about the podcast. And feel free to share with a friend. You can follow the podcast on Instagram at Cup of Corb and check out the latest updates at cupofcorb.com.